for a portion of their family from a means that was completely out of their control. Does that sound familiar? Nothing they could do, it seemed, could stop the inevitable. There was a surge in numbers of those who would fall victim to this, the enemy's plan. Is that relevant to the situation we face today? Sounds familiar. This family faced a crisis similar to that which we face today. But I want you to note, they came out victorious. So what can we learn? What can we learn from this passage of Scripture that seems to be in antiquity and of no relevance? What can we learn today that through their crisis they came out victorious? The crisis we face today, we must come out and we will come out victorious. What can we learn here today? Verse 1. And there went a man of the house of Levi, and he took a wife of the daughter of Levi. Now first, Moses' parents need some names. His dad's name was Amram, and it means, his name means people exalted. His mum's name is not given here in the passage, but you can find it elsewhere in Exodus. His mum's name was Jochebed, and that means Yahweh's glory. Yahweh's glory in his people exalted. They were both of the tribe of Levi, so they were of the priestly tribe of Israel. Children. You have parents that are off the priestly line too. And that makes you priests too. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That is you. That is me. That is the situation we find in this text, and it's the situation we find ourselves in our reality. As they were of the priestly life, so are we. It was as priests that they got their part done in this. It was as priests, and is as priests, that we will get our part done in the crisis that we face. Now, children, I wonder if you can help me with this. Let's see how many P's or how many topics with P's you can find throughout this passage. So why don't you try and start counting with me now? Mum and Dad, you can help. Any topic that starts with P, remember, let's start counting. Verse 2, And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw that he was a goodly child, she hid him for three months. Now, what, what does it mean by a goodly child? It means he was beautiful. That is God's providence. P. God's providence. You see, God wanted Moses to stand out, not blend in. God's providence upon Moses was he made the child beautiful so that later on in the plan, that would get the result that was necessary. As his man for the moment, God endowed Moses with all the necessary attributes to secure the purpose of his calling. We too, today, all of us have been endowed by God with all that we need to be all that we were created to be. My brothers and sisters, we are called to stand out at this time, not blend in. 
Deuteronomy 14, 2 says, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord has chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself, above all the nations that are upon the earth. At this time of global crisis, it is our destiny as his church to stand out from the crowd amongst every nation. Remember, we've already read 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That, why? That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. How are we to stand out? By being different. Peculiar. While all the people around us are panicking, we are to be praising. They, those we see around us panicking in the shops and stockpiling and everything else, they, my dear brothers and sisters, are stumbling in the darkness. Let us not join them because we have been translated into his marvelous light. She hid it for three months. That sounds like isolation to me. Three months. That sounds like quarantine. They wouldn't be able to walk out in the fresh air and enjoy normal life. That, my brothers and sisters, takes perseverance. Jochebed and the family had to persevere at a time when they were isolated, at a time when they would have felt under quarantine, at a time when they couldn't follow their normal routine. She hid him for three months. I beg you to see the relevance to our situation today. This family, this mother of three, did what it took to keep the whole family safe from the death sentence that had been passed on Moses. They did what it took together as a family to safeguard themselves from the death sentence that was out there. Now, how did they get through such a time of confinement? What did they do that made the difference? I'll tell you. They prayed. Verse 3. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, and she daubed it with slime and with pitch, and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags in the river's brink. Where else do you think she got this plan? In prayer. Before God, night and day, seeking his wisdom for the way out. Seeking his solution, not just for Moses, but for the entire nation. Amran and Jochebed and Miriam and little Aaron at the time, the family stuck together. They persevered through that time of isolation, that time of quarantine, but they did not sit idly. They stayed in prayer. We know they stayed in prayer because God gave them a plan, a plan that would deliver this one boy. Out of all the boys that were born in that year, this one boy would survive. It was God's plan, and he gave it to them by revelation through a time of seeking his solution, not just for Moses, but for the entire nation. I call upon us all at this time that our prayers not be confined to us four and no more, 
But instead, let us become the intercessors God has called us to. You know, that is not a department in a church. It's not even mentioned in the Bible. It's moved off into a, a grouping for special people. Intercession is for all of us. We must have the God mindset of believing and praying for everyone else as well as ourselves. Blessed are those, approved of God, are those who are poor in spirit, those who are destitute of self. But theirs, my brothers and sisters, is the kingdom of heaven. Under the leading of the Holy Spirit, she made an ark of bulrushes and dubbed it with slime and with pitch. She put the child therein and she laid him in the flags in the river's bank. It was under the leading of the Holy Spirit in prayer. The ark was her provision. The pitch was her protection. She put that child, that's prayerfully placing it. I hope you're catching this, please. She laid it in the flags. That, my brothers and sisters, is divine positioning. You see, in prayer, she just didn't get a picture of an ark, make something and put the child anywhere. She was attentive in prayer. She sought the Lord. She stayed before the Lord. Herself and Aaron and Miriam and Aaron, they stayed before God till they had the fine detail. They not only knew how to make the ark, they knew how to pitch it within and pitch it without. They knew how to make it waterproof. They knew what the design would be. Not only that, they knew where they would place it. Not only would they place it, they knew where they would position it. Not only would it go in the river, it would go in amongst the flags. God divinely positioned Moses at a time when he needed to redeem his nation, and God has divinely positioned you. Do not see church as not running at present. It is you are the church, and you are running at present. God, in his infinite wisdom, has allowed a situation where the ministers of reconciliation, and that is you, have been dispersed amongst this city into every street, into every village, into every hamlet, into every town. You are positioned in the place divinely to show your good deeds that the world may praise your Father in heaven. This is not a setback. This is divine position. Notice she didn't put him in the current. Mothers don't take risks with their children. They take risks for their children. Verse 4. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be, be done to him. Now his sister at this time, Miriam, she's about 7 to 11 years old. She stood afar off under mother's instruction. That's planning. Can you see how the whole family's involved in this? It's a family affair. Amran himself, he's not mentioned in the text because Amran, he would have been praying with his wife and seeking God's plan in the first place. He isn't in the scene, but he is still in focus. All of the men would have been out making bricks, which their taskmasters demanded. His hands, as the father in the home, would have been engaged in that task, but his spirit would have been engaged in this task. He would have been praying as he prepared those bricks. He would have been believing God for the plan that he had hatched in prayer with that family that it would come to pass and prosper at that riverside. He may not have been present, but he was present in spirit. And verse 5. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maiden to fetch it. 
Fear enters our mother to be. Pharaoh's daughter in this situation is God's provision. Scripture says when she saw him, the Holy Spirit pointed him out. He has been placed amongst the flags. He has been put in a position where he has camouflaged. The Holy Spirit will not only position you, he will point you out when it's necessary. He will exalt you when the time is necessary. He will place you before people that can make changes and influences. He will put you in a position of promotion and prosperity. Even in the midst of a crisis, the Holy Spirit has got ready to mark you out so people can see his goodness. So people can see his love in and through us. Verse 6. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion in him, and she said, This is one of the Hebrew children. He cried. She crumbled. That's God's preservation. She represented the enemy. She's the daughter of the Pharaoh that had leashed, unleashed this death edict on the people. She recognized him as a Hebrew child, one marked out for destruction. And yet God moved on her heart and she had compassion on him. He cried. She crumbled. God preserved. Why do I say she's a mother to be? princess who already has children wouldn't have reacted in the same way. To my mind, Pharaoh's daughter by the river is a mother in waiting. A woman for whom a child was the yearning of her heart. And Yahweh had moved upon her. And here he provided for her what her own gods had failed to provide for her. In his infinite wisdom and in his timing, he answered her heart's cry to save his people. And I believe God that for every mother in waiting, the father is waiting for his opportunity to do exactly the same. He said, go forth and multiply. And we believe we should follow his commands. He that has commanded us will never stop us. He will always equip us to do what we're called to do. In Jesus' name, I believe with you my sisters and my brothers, for those who are awaiting ch children, that God, in his infinite wisdom and in his timing, that for Pharaoh's daughter, he will satisfy that yearning, for Yahweh will show himself for us. Verse 7. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse this child for thee? That was Miriam's plea. I want you to notice the plan from prayer had positioned her ready to petition. The plan that Amran and Jochebed and Miriam and Aaron as a family together in isolation, in quarantine, before God, that plan that he gave them by revelation was followed out to the T. And the daughter, between 7 and 11 years old, at the instruction of her mother, is waiting there by the river, wholly positioned by God in command and wholly positioned by obedience. And doing so, she was there, positioned to petition. Verse 8. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. 
go was Pharaoh's daughter's pronouncement. To be reunited with her son was Jacobed's pleasure. Verse 9. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. The plan that God Almighty gave to this family in a time of crisis, a family under a death sentence, a family isolated, quarantined, God's plan that he gave them prospered. The child was saved. The nation would be saved and the death decree would soon end. But meanwhile, Jochebed was paid to raise her very own son. Brothers and sisters, let us not take this time of concealment, not take this time of quarantine and think we're going to lose out. At a time when they were isolated, at a time when they were quarantined, at a time when they faced the same kind of threat we face right now, Jochebed was paid to raise her own son. What God did for her, he will do for us. We will come behind in no thing. We will lack nothing. God, who is our provider, we are not of this world. We are being translated into the kingdom of his dear son, whose economy we will work under. We will be paid during this time to do what he has called us to do. All that Jacobin wanted was provided. All that she had yearned for, Yahweh has made a way. Verse 10. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of water. As the son of Pharaoh's daughter, Moses now became the prince of Egypt. How many peas was there? This account of the early years of Moses' life is one of divine preservation. Pharaoh's decree to have all of the male children killed was Satan's weapon that was formed against God's plan to deliver mankind. Not only did God ensure that it did not prosper, he used that weapon to promote his own plan. He will do the same for us. That which is out there that threatens us will be worked to our salvation, to his glory, and his kingdom will be populated with new saints when we, following this dispersal, do what he's called us to do. Pharaoh's decree to have all of the male children killed was Satan's weapon that was formed against God's plan to deliver mankind. Now I want you to notice, Pharaoh's demand was that the boys be thrown in the river. Jochebed obeyed the letter of the law in that she placed Moses in the river. But not before she first placed him in We are obeying today the letter of the law. And I have heard some criticism from people online 
talking about how churches shouldn't give in in this situation, that it should continue to meet, that, my brothers and sisters, would be totally and utterly irresponsible and breaking the law of the land. We have dispersed because that's what the government have asked us to do, but not before first placing our own selves last week in Psalm 91 in the ark of his protection. This ark of bulrushes that Jochebed and Amram made for Moses, it's a type of Christ. Like Noah's ark, it was sealed with pitch, which would keep out the filthy water of the world out from the pure water of the word that was within. Jochebed and Amram, they would have crafted this ark in private, in prayer. Just like Noah, when he pitched the ark throughout and he closed the door. Picture that scene right now. Noah has built this ark. He has followed God's instructions, all of his plans, and he has pitched the entire boat in pitch. He has covered it. He has sealed it to keep the filth and the water of the world out. But Noah still has to close the door. When he closes that door, he will be inside. Genesis 7, 16 tells us. And then they went in, male and female, of all the flesh, as God commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. Lord, L-O-R-D, capital letters, we know that that is Yahweh. Yahweh sealed Noah into the ark. Yahweh sealed Moses in on that river. Yahweh sealed us in Christ. We are as safe as Noah in his ark, and we are as safe as Moses in his ark. We are as safe because we are in Christ, who is our ark. We are in Christ, and the filth that is out there will not permeate our protection. Prayer is our part. Provision, protection, promotion, and power. Those are Yahweh's part. Prayer is our part. In this one event on the river that day, Yahweh showed Israel and Egypt who he was to them, respectively. He was Israel's deliverer and Egypt's conqueror. The very same measure that Satan had given Pharaoh to use to try and destroy God's people became its deliverance. They wanted him thrown in the river. God placed them in it. What the enemy meant for evil, God turned out for good. And it will be the same for each and every one of our households. What the enemy meant for evil on the outside with this virus, God will turn for good. How must we respond? the same way they did. I want you to cast your mind back. Get your notebooks out. Go over the teachings we have already been through. I know it is tempting at times. I know I have heard some criticism about how we're only going over the basics. My brothers and sisters, it is the basics that will get us through. It is the basics that people are fighting for in the shops these days. It is not the superfluous. It is not the extras. It is the basics, the Word of God that never returns to Him void. That is what we need to go through. How did they respond? How must we respond? In faith. 
Hebrews 11.23 says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid for three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. They were not afraid. They stood in faith, not fear. Shipra and Pua, they were the Hebrew midwives at the time. They trusted God by not drowning Moses. They would have been fearful of the king's edict, but they were more fearful of God's command. They stood in faith and they allowed that boy to live. Jochebed, Amran, Miriam trusted God in keeping him hidden by faith. F-A-I-T-H. By faith, they foiled the adversary's intention to harm. That's how they did it. That's how we must do it. We must stand in faith against this virus that is the adversary's tool, and we will foil the adversary's intention to harm each and every one of us by faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's get ready to receive the reward by faith. He rewards us with long life and satisfaction. We will see and live in his salvation. For he rewards those that diligently seek him. By faith they prayed, believing that they would receive This family didn't panic. They prayed. This family didn't fear. They operated in faith. And then in hope, Jacobet placed Moses in that river in obedience to the plan that they revealed was revealed to them in prayer. In the ark, as instructed, whose efficacy was sealed by Yahweh himself, in hope, she instructed Miriam to keep watch. All the while, they did not give up hope. H-O-P-E. They held on praying expectantly. Finally, in love, she reaped the reward of her faith in the one who can always be trusted she held her son again. I hope you can see through this passage what God is telling us for our situation today. Jochebed, she was concerned for Moses' future, but she didn't worry. Jesus, in his ministry, in Luke chapter 8, came across a man called Jairus. Jairus was concerned for his daughter's future when she became ill and she was lying, dying. Many people today are in that situation. Concerned for the future of their children, of their parents, of their spouses, of their brothers, of their sisters, and people who are lying there ill and dying. He prayed that Jesus, he prayed to Jesus, he came and he said, and he said, Lord, please come and heal her. And along the way there was delay. There was needs of another. Today, if you get ill, you're trying to call the doctor, 111, whatever it is. There's delay. There's things holding us back. It happened the same way to Jairus. There was delays. There was needs of others. And even then, they received news of her death. But Jesus commanded Jairus that day to do what he commands us this day. 
Luke chapter 8, verse 50, he says, When Jesus heard, when Jesus heard the death knell being knocked, when he heard the death news being delivered, he said, when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Fear not, believe only, and she will be made well. Fear not, have faith. Fear not. Have faith. Believe only, and she will be made whole. Do not allow fear to get a foothold, because the enemy is looking to turn it into a stronghold. This virus is but a weapon that is formed against us. It's formed against us from the curse that came into this world because of sin. But praise be to God. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. It, my brothers and sisters, is the will of God that we all be well. 3 John 1 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. The battle, my brothers and sisters, right now, is in the bodies of many, but in the minds of all. Those that the virus cannot kill are being paralyzed by fear. Your mind is and always will be your most vulnerable part of your being. But the Lord has instructed us, as he did with Amram and with Jochebed and with Miriam and with Aaron. In prayer as we go before him, he speaks and he says, Be ye not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The perfect will of God is that you be healed and whole. And I'm finishing with this. It is God's will that you be well, healed, and whole. Now there's a lot of opinions flying around as to the origin of this crisis. My brothers and sisters, I want you to hear this. With all humility, please remember Brexit. 50% said God wanted us to leave. The other 50% said God wanted us to remain. Today, 50% are declaring that this virus was sent by God. The other 50% declare that God is fighting the virus. This truth is simply this. It is not our task to determine the origin. It is our task to determine the outcome. In prayer, in faith, in hope, we will determine the outcome of this crisis. In prayer, we as priests are to stand between the people and the plague. The word of God was sent to heal, and it will not return to him void. Amen? Your mind, your mind will prosper in the place of purity, prayer, Today, in the days ahead, let us bear this in mind. 
Let us cling to the cross of Jesus, not in fear, but in faith, keeping it lifted high so this world can see the solution that is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? And wherever we are, in our houses, in our streets, whatever we are doing, let us hold the cross high. It is not the time to hold back on your faith. Today and every day going forward is the time for us to release that which Christ has given us. So I bring this message to an end. Jochebed, Amran, Miriam, Aaron, sat before God in a place of prayer. They received from God a plan for the deliverance of their nation. It required that they put their hands and their resources to that plan to cause it to come to pass. They made that offer with their own materials, with their own income, in a crisis in a time when they will receive no wages from the deliverers or from the oppressors that they had. But instead, they took what they had and they placed it in the hands of God and with His plan, they received their deliverance. At this time of us being dispersed, I do not want to rob any of us of the opportunity to continue to bring our tithes and our offerings unto God. But obviously, it's impossible for you to physically be But the opportunity is here for us all. In a moment, you're going to receive a message that's going to show you how we can continue to bring our tithes and our offerings electronically via our bank accounts. And I'll be back with you after this message. Amen. I just want to take a moment to thank God for you and for your faithfulness. I thank you for his word that never returns to him void. Let's pray. Father, we pray over every tithe and every offering that's taken this new route through that system, Father. I thank you and I praise you that your word says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. Let there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour out you a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. your name for your angers. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. Father, we take that. For each and every one of us in our homes, I thank you, Father, that this crisis and this virus will not destroy that which we have built up to your honor and to your glory. Lord, that which you have ordained will stand strong through all of this time. And I thank you that you rebuke the devourer, that all of us and all of ours will not only survive, but we shall thrive in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you all for tuning in today. We will see you again next week. We're going to go out again with praise. I'll hand over to Celeste and be blessed. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Stay in faith. And pray, pray, pray.
pray because the deliverance is coming to your home in Jesus' name. Amen.